Well, this evening, uh, I'd like to talk about something we talked about about five years ago. And uh, so it was a, a sermon or scriptures that uh, we had read. Uh, and our title lesson is, I Be Not Afraid. So that inspired Cindy to, to write a song, which I passed out. And we may, uh, we may sing, try to sing this or practice this a little bit a little later, or, or maybe not. Uh, so that inspired me then to, to talk about this again. Uh, nothing new. So as we, it is I, be not afraid. And this was words that was spoken by the Lord on the water. And we're going to read three uh, instances of this. And uh, Matthew, Mark, and John, and where the Lord told them, okay, you guys go ahead in the boat, and I'll catch up with you later. And uh, so they was in the storm, in the midst of the storm, and uh, uh, so I think it's very interesting, some of the things that took place. But before we, uh, and we've all had storms in our life. Uh, you have storms in your life. Maybe your loved ones have storms in their life and uh, in the past or yet in the future or present. And uh, I think certainly there's a good lesson for us to learn uh, from this. So there's another uh, uh, incident on the water that I'll read first, and that's in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. They were out in the ship and the sea got uh, boisterous again. So Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, starting in verse 35. And the same day when evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And and, And that's something, don't forget that part. This is what he told them. So our Lord said to them, let us pass over to the other side. So we have lots of uh, uh, promises from the Lord, and I look at this as that. Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had, uh, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the boat, and there were also with him. Uh, other little boats. So there was a little fleet of boats here, or ships or whatever they would call them, sailboats, of course, and rowing. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was now full. And let me ask you this. Where does this storm, where does this wind come from? Out of his treasury. This is not global warming or something like that. Well, even global warming, if that is true, it's, it's all of the Lord is what I'm saying. So there, there rose a great storm, and we know he brings the wind out of his treasuries. And there rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was now full. And he was in the stern of the boat, asleep on a pillow. 
So our Lord was not concerned. He was asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I'm going to pause there for a moment. I hope that we never get in a position to think that. Well, let me say this. In our earthly mind and who we are, we may get in that position. We may be praying for something, and maybe the prayer doesn't come as answered as soon as you want. And maybe we may be uh, uh, tempted to think, well, Lord, don't you care? But what a, what a terrible thing to think that is. Terrible position to be in to think that, but also the one that died on the cross to pay for your sins. Lord, don't you care? So when your prayers may not be answered in the time or the manner you want them, I pray that we would never feel that way. Lord, don't you care? Of course he cares. He has a reason. He has a purpose in it. Uh, I'm going to read that verse again, verse 38. And he was in the stern uh, of the boat, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obeyed him? And something else, I'll, I'll, uh, well, the thought came to me when he said, why are you so fearful? You remember what I said early on there? I said, don't forget this. When he said, let us pass over to the other side. So this was words of the Lord. He didn't say, well, let's pass halfway over and, and get shipwrecked and, and drowned. That wasn't what he said. Let's pass over to the other side. So, Bill... They didn't believe it at that time. They, they didn't believe it. Lord, <laughs> this storm come up. Lord, don't you care if we perish? He told them, let us pass over to the other side. But they didn't believe it. Their, their faith was uh, young and small at that time. But to say, carest thou not? So they woke him up, and he was, he was near there and so forth. But then... Uh, Even the wind and the sea calmed. So this, this was a teaching for them, as, as all these are. As we look at these other instances, and that's, that's the primary point of them, is to teach. To teach them. Do you think this taught them something? Of course it did. Does it teach us something? Of course it does, by God's grace. So we see this incident here, and we see where the wind came from. We see who stilled the wind. We see it wasn't an accident. Uh, 
we see, well, maybe he should have checked the, the weather report before he sent him out. Was the sky, uh, see, was the sky red at night, Saturday delight? Was the sky not red that night? Didn't they know this? Okay, so now, so I want to go to these other ones, though, in the uh, first in Mark chapter 6. As we look at their storms, think of storms in your life and, and uh, lives of your loved ones. And if it's storms in the life of your loved one, it still becomes your storm too, doesn't it? Mark 6, and let's go all the way over to verse 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the boat and to go to the other side before him and to Bethsaida while he sent away the people. So here he was in the boat. He sent them in the boat ahead. And when he had sent, and when he had sent them away, he departed to a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the boat was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary to them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when, he saw the, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be ye of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the boat, and the wind ceased. And they were very much amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. So uh, he had just uh, fed all these people with the fishes and the loaves and everything, but they just kind of forgot that. So here we go, and, and let's go back up and look at this a little closer in verse 45. And straightway he commanded his disciples to get into the boat and to go to the other side. Well, here again, go to the other side before him into Bethsaida, while he sent the people away. So, again, should he have uh, checked out the weather forecast before he sent these people out there like that? He knew it was a storm. He brings a storm out of his treasury. This was a teaching for them. It was a teaching for us and continues to be a teaching uh, for us. But again, he told them, go to the other side. Don't go halfway and drown. Go to the other side. Uh, 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed to a mountain to pray. We don't have recorded, I don't believe, what he prayed. We can speculate, but, but I don't believe we have that recorded. But he did. He, he did pray. Uh, verse... 48, and he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary to them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed uh, by them. 
So he saw them. And it was in the fourth watch. They had been toiling and trying to, to uh, get the boat with the rows, trying to get it going the right direction. They had their sailboats, and, you know, the waves hit them wrong. It would flip them and everything. But it was in the fourth watch. He didn't go to them in the first watch. It had been shorter duration of toiling. He didn't go to them in the second watch. He didn't go to them in the third watch. The time was to be at the fourth watch. So they had toiled and toiled and toiled. Then he went to them. Was he, was he heartless? Did he care not that they perished? No, that wasn't the case. This was the time appointed by God that he was going to teach them. Uh, 49. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. So they saw, but they was afraid. And I don't believe there's, if you study the word fear, there's different kinds. There's a terrorizing fear, and there's a reverential fear. Reverential fear is respect, uh, what, respect, huh, I've forgotten it now, uh, Respect and affection mingled with love. Well, this was a terrorizing fear. This wasn't respect and affection mingled with love at this time because they didn't recognize and didn't know uh, who he was. So they feared, and not only did they fear, they had poor eyesight. And in verse 50, For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Yes, he talked to them immediately, but after the fourth watch had came, they still, I know the world will say, he allowed them to toil in the first and the second and the third watch and the fourth watch, but he caused. He brought that wind out of his treasury. He calls them to toil in the first watch, the second watch, the third watch, and the fourth watch, and they came to them. And 51, and he went up to them in the boat, and the wind ceased. And they were very much amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. It wasn't time for them to see. You would think, humanly speaking, said all these people, these few loads and these fishes, you'd think, and, they, and the scraps that they gathered up, you would think they would see that and recognize that as a miracle. But no, their heart was hardened at this time. This also was the Lord's will. So... They had poor eyesight at this time. Their, their, their vision wasn't good. What they saw, what they saw as a ghost or a spirit that troubled them was actually a blessing, wasn't it? They saw a figure, I don't know, they, ghost, spirit, sea monster. They saw it as, oh, this is a bad thing. 
That's what they saw with their eyesight at that time. But was it? Was it a bad thing? No. That was the greatest blessing. So they didn't recognize it as a blessing, was it? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, let me mention, I was going to go read it. We won't. We've read it before. It's in 2 Kings. But uh, so uh, pointing out here that their eyesight at this time wasn't good. They saw this as, oh, this is a terrible thing. But actually, it was a blessing. Their eyesight wasn't good. So there was a time when Elisha, and Elisha uh, was a prophet. And if you look at the enemy, the enemy said, well, said everything, said there must be a spy among us. Every time we go to, to have a plan to attack Israel, they know we're coming. So there's a spy among us. And they said, no, what it is, there's this guy, Elisha, prophet in Israel, and he knows everything you speak in your secret chambers. So he said, well, okay, let's get him. It doesn't tell us, but can you imagine the forces that they sent to get this man? Well, so Elisha... And his uh, servant woke up one morning. I don't know if they were sleeping in a tent or whatever, but uh, anyway, it appears that the servant went outside first. And he saw all this army gathered against them that was out to get Elisha. And I think he probably sent all the resources he could. So he got up and he saw all these army gathered against them. He went back in, wake up, wake up, look, what are we going to do? And Elisha told this young man, relax, calm down, there is more with us than with them. And the servant probably thought, <laughs> he's going a little bit crazy he's got dementia or something here because i see i see all these enemy gathered against us and here i am with elisha and elisha said there's more with us than with them and elisha prayed lord open his eyes and when he opened his eyes what did he see all these chariots of god gathered back here for their defense so his eyesight was, uh, was open. And then, then he saw, oh, yes, there's more with us. God's with us. There's more with us than with them. So uh, that was with Elisha. So the disciples' eyesight wasn't too good right now. What they saw, it was actually the Lord. It was a blessing. But they thought, no, this is bad. This is trouble. This, this uh, storm and this spirit or ghost walking out here, this is bad. But in fact, what they saw, they didn't recognize it, but what they saw, it was actually the Lord. It was actually a blessing. They didn't see it that way at that time, but it was a blessing. John chapter 6, Gospel John chapter 6. I like reading these events in, in different places and seeing just a little, uh, some has a little more uh, clarity than the others. John 6 and 15. When Jesus, therefore, perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. 
And when evening was come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a boat and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was now dark. And Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near into the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, and this is the title of Cindy's song, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they went. So here, it was dark. And we can read a lot of scriptures about being in darkness. And the Lord calling us out of darkness. So here, they were in darkness. And again, the wind. Where does it come from? Out of his treasury. And they rode and they toiled uh, and, and they were afraid. They'd done all they could do and they were afraid. But then the Lord, it is I, be not afraid. It is I. It is I in the storm. It is I in the waves. It is I that will save you from the storm and from the waves. And something else here was uh, a little different. Didn't necessarily say that all the storm was ceased and everything, which I'm sure it did, but immediately they was on land at the port where they wanted to be. America won that too. I wonder if they remembered that or even thought of that. But they were out there, toiling and so forth, in the wind. They rode, they doing all they could, and they was afraid. The Lord came to them. And immediately, they was at their destination. What's that tell us? Well, probably a lot of things. But one thing is, that lesson's over. He had taught them this. That lesson was over. Will it be more? If need be. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Again, I know the storm's in our lives that comes, or lives of our loved ones. Matthew 14 and 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a boat and to go before him and to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain privately to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be ye of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. 
And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come to thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his, his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, why didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the boat, the wind ceased. Then they were in the boat, uh, then they that were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. So again, he told them, go to the other side. He didn't say, go to the middle and drown. He said, go to the other side. And then it says he went in the mountain and prayed. And again, this is not disclosed to us. And I don't know. Just, if I can just give some thoughts. And this is just opinions. It's not... It's, not, it's just some thoughts, okay? What did he pray for? I, I don't know. But could he have prayed for, okay, Lord, I pray that this wind come up on this sea and be boisterous. Could have prayed that. Bring this wind and this storm that will bring all this to pass that we just read about. Lord, you know, uh, pray that through this wind that they will be learning from on them, that they will see. Lord, I pray to the Father, he may have been praying that their faith would be increased through this, that their sight would be opened, that they would see about the loaves and the feasts that fed all those people. And I told them, go to the other side. Lord, increase their faith that when I say something that they would believe that they would have faith. I don't know what he prayed for. Knowing these were sheep that he loved could have been along that line. But then it says it was, it was uh, tossed. The boat was tossed again. And, uh, and then it, it tells us in verse uh, 25, again, is in the fourth watch. Rhonda, he could have he went to them in the fourth watch, and they just had to, they just worried for a little bit. But he didn't go in the first watch. He didn't go to them in the second watch. He didn't go to them in the third watch. But he let him toil all that time. This morning we talked about God had a, 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 has a purpose and then a time and a season for every purpose. So he had a purpose in this and a time and a season, the duration. The duration here was all the way into the fourth watch. So... Here again, we see their, their vision wasn't, wasn't correct. They, was, oh, this, they didn't see Jesus as a blessing. They saw a ghost. This is terrible. This is bad. We've got this bad storm, and now we've got this, this spirit. 
But what they saw as more trouble was the Lord. They didn't see the Lord as a good thing. Again, their eyesight wasn't healed yet, to, to that degree anyway. And then he said again, It is I, be not afraid. So, and then Peter, well, Peter, let me come to you on the water. And we've all studied this and we're aware of this. So Peter got out and he was walking on the water. But then what did Peter see? He wasn't looking to the Lord. He wasn't looking to when the Lord had stilled the waters before when he was down in the boat. said, Lord, don't you care if we perish? He wasn't looking to the one that fed all those with the loaves and the fishes. Then he looked at the water. He looked at the, what would be trials and tribulation. And then he began to sink. But he didn't see all this as a blessing. Not just the Lord appearing there was a blessing. We, we, our mind may may run there. Here's the Lord to save us. And you can be, the Lord saves from many things. We're not talking about necessarily just a saving, a salvation of your soul, which is the greatest importance of all. But we see the Lord there. They saw the Lord there to save them. We see the Lord to save them. But don't forget, the storm itself was brought on by the Lord in his time and his season for his purpose. His purpose was to teach them. Purpose was to teach us. Uh, so when the wind ceased here, the lesson was taught. Will there be another lesson for him? If need be. So the storm is from the Lord, and uh, the Lord saving them. But don't always see it as a blessing, the storm. The saving from it, yes, thank you, Lord. But again, Mort sings it so well, we'll have to have him sing it again before long. Thank you for the valley. Boy, it's hard, it's hard to thank him for the valley in the midst of it, isn't it? It would be hard for the disciples Oh, thank you for the storm. The boat's about full of water. We're rowing to try to get it corrected. Lord, thank you for this. It's, it's, it's hard, isn't it, at that time? That's why he said, you little faith. I told you go to the other side. I didn't say go to the middle and drown. Go to the other side. He has promises to you and I. So how long is these storms? We, they're the fourth watch. But in lives of your loved ones, in your lives, how long is the storm? We know, we know he has a purpose for it. We know he has a time for it. And he has a duration. For Nebuchadnezzar, and let's go, let's go look at that. Back in Daniel uh, chapter 5. Actually, chapter 4, 
But uh, so Nebuchadnezzar, uh, there was a, there was going to be, it wasn't a storm, but he was going to be thrown out of his kingdom, going to be living uh, out there like an animal. And did God have a purpose in it? Of course he did. So Daniel 4 and verse 25 tells us a purpose. We're not, of course, it was uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Daniel interpreted the dream and everything. And in verse 25, he tells them what's going to happen. He says, uh, That they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass like oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee. So seven times, I believe this was seven years, seven seasons. I think there was... Uh, spring, summer, winter, and fall, and different seasons. There was different fruits, different things he could eat, and everything like that. And then maybe another year, maybe he really enjoyed these early spring peaches or something like that, or early summer peaches or something like that, or maybe early wild strawberries or something. But maybe next year, there was a frost. There wasn't any peaches. There wasn't any wild strawberries. And maybe different things, maybe walnuts. Maybe he had walnuts in the fall that he would store up in the winter like the, the squirrels do. And boy, enjoyed them during the winter. Maybe this, we've had times before that our walnut trees didn't have a nut on them hardly. So after seven times, seven seasons, the Lord is teaching Nebuchadnezzar. And what was he teaching? And Well, let me continue reading. Uh, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and give it to whomsoever he will. So what was he going to teach Nebuchadnezzar? What's he going to teach us? That the Most High God rules. Whatever it be, whether it be walnuts on a tree, peaches, strawberries, or his kingdom being taken away and given back. It is the Lord, the most high rules in the kingdom of men. So he told Nebuchadnezzar, uh, this thing's going to happen to you. And a year, and I, I don't want to get too long on this, but a year going by, because it says uh, in verse 29, at the end of 12 months, so Nebuchadnezzar, whatever kind of calendar they had, he was watching it. He, he was watching, Chuck, he was watching for his kingdom to be overthrown. He probably had people tasting his food to make sure it wasn't poison. He, uh, so he was, he was afraid for these 12 months. But then 12 months passed. And he remembered what Daniel's, uh, Daniel said. And then he thought, this king is not going to be taken away from me. And let's read what he said in verse... Uh, 30, the king spoke and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? He said, I built this kingdom from scratch. I got all these loyal people and I built it. It's not going to be taken away. I don't care what Daniel said. It's not going to be taken away from me. At that moment it was, wasn't it? He's overthrown and, and, and had to live like an animal, I believe, for seven years, till seven times or seven seasons passed over. But, the, but the, the lesson that he wanted to teach him was 
till thou know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and give it uh, to, uh, and give it to whomsoever he will. That was the purpose of that. Was that accomplished? Now we know it took seven seasons. I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm confident of seven years, but that's, uh, that's just my opinion. So we know what happened. We know how he lived out there, and I've watched some of these survivor shows, and they eat termites and ants and, and roots and <laughs> whatever they can get. Uh, but was that accomplished? Till thou know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. In this seven times, did he learn this? Did God teach him this? And, and go over to verse 34. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lift up mine eyes into heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High. Wasn't that what he's, he's supposed to be taught? He said, till thou know that the most high ruleth, not one of the high, but the most high. And I praised and honored him. Who was he praising and honoring before? Himself. I built this kingdom, my might, and my power for my majesty. But now, he said, no, now I see that the most high ruleth. So I, I, I says, I bless the Most High, and I praise and honor Him who liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, uh, and His kingdom from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth, including Himself, are reputed as nothing. Did He see this seven years ago? No, he didn't see himself as nothing. I built this kingdom, my might, my power. Look what I've done. It can't be taken away. I built it. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? So here's a storm in Nebuchadnezzar's life. It was seven years in duration. The Lord could have done it in seven seconds. But it was seven years. Those in the boat, it was in the fourth watch, wasn't it? What about Jonah? The Lord is going to teach Jonah and us a lesson. In the belly of the great fish. How long? Three days and three nights. Yes, it was typifying our, our Lord and that, and that sign, of course. But what was, what was Jonah taught? The Lord, the duration, there was a time. And, and I, and I uh, Brother Olson used to say, uh, of course, Jonah, uh, they were going to cast him out of the boat because, oh, this is the reason this storm has come upon you. So they threw everything out of the boat that they could. Finally, well, if Jonah is the reason, we'll throw him over too. And Austin used to say he didn't think he ever hit the water. He'd think that the great feast was there as his mouth open. And I don't know, very possible. But I'm saying there was a time. And then even that, did the Lord create that great feast then? Or was there a generation of those great feasts that the Lord kept alive for this very time, this very second? Well, I think, I think it was that. But Jonah was in the belly of the great feast. And as I've said before, I don't know the conditions, what it was like, but three days and three nights. 
And Chuck, no doubt, he was trying to get out of there. I mean, I had no doubt he was trying to get out of there. And I, I don't, I can't imagine what it was like, but I know he was trying to get out of there. And then finally, he said, salvation of the Lord. If I ever get out of here, it's of the Lord. It's not me. It's not me trying or whatever. Salvation of the Lord. Now, the Lord used a duration of three days and three nights to bring him to that point. Salvation's of the Lord. What happened when he said that? The great feast spit him up on the beach where the Lord wanted him to be. Just like, remember the boat where they was toiling everything and all of a sudden the boat was where he wanted it to be. It was already at land, safely moored there. So the same thing with Jonah. Jonah was three days and three nights. But it was a teaching for Jonah. It's a teaching for us. Uh, how many times can we read in the history of Israel where they were outnumbered in battle? Gideon, I forget the numbers now. I think Gideon started out with, with 32,000. And they were already outnumbered by how many. And the Lord brought it down to just these few men, you know. But the battle wasn't Gideon. And the Lord said, I'm going to give this enemy into your hand. But you've got too many people. Now, you was outnumbered, but you've got too many people. You'd say, we did it. So he narrowed it down to where they would know salvation is of the Lord. Job. I don't know the duration of Job. I really don't. I don't think we have any indication. At least I haven't seen it. But Job, did Job have a storm? Oh, did he ever have a storm? His, all his children was killed. All of his livestock was overtaken. The enemy was taking all this. And remember, they was just they were literally standing in line to give Job this, I started to say bad news, give Job this news. Let's just put it that way. He lost all of his family, except his wife. Lost all of his family, all of his livestock, all of his land. Enemy came taking all this. So there was some duration there, I suppose. And then, of course, you know, Satan was used there. Satan is used in your life. Satan, Satan is real. He's as real now as he was with Job. And uh, Satan said, well, of course, he, he, there he, he told his wife, he said, uh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And blessed be the name of the Lord in the giving and the taking away, just like the storm. The storm was blessed when they saw the Lord as saving, but the storm itself was a blessing. They didn't see it that way, but the storm itself was a blessing. Look what it taught them. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar being cast out, living uh, like an animal for seven years, was a blessing. We see the end results. But Job, all this, and the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then you know his health. Satan said, well, if you just take his health, and you remember, it was called bulls. And how far do you think, how, how bad do you think it was? Oh, just a little bull? Well, the Lord said you can 
do whatever you want with his body, just don't take his life. I think one more bull would have killed him. I think that's how far Satan went. So there was Job, and he's out in the ashes and had a piece of broken pottery just scraping those bulls and pus and everything out of them, and, and, and miserable. I, I don't know how long the duration was. We, we read about his friends come, and, and I think they were his friends, but they didn't see. And then they began to say, Job, well, what it said, I think it said they sat there, and I, I didn't, uh, I think they sat there seven days, wasn't it? Didn't say anything. Just look at Job and what happened to him. And I, I, I could be mistaken on that. But I think it said they sat there for seven days, just didn't say anything. Just Job in this terrible shape that he was in. All these things that had happened to him. How would you feel if one of your friends or loved ones? And then they began to talk to him. Job, look at you. You're in this pitiful shape. You've preached to us about God before. But that wasn't true. Or this wouldn't be happening to you. you. You've done something to upset God. The things that you said wasn't true or this wouldn't be happening to you. And each of them took the turn. Even his wife said, won't you just go ahead and curse God and die? And uh, so I don't know how long the duration was. And you know the Lord spoke to Job out of the whirlwind and the things that was told there. But all this, there was a purpose here. And there was a time and there was a season. I don't know how long the season was. And then at the end, well, the end what we have recorded. It says, and Job prayed for his friends. I hadn't seen that for a long time. So these friends that clearly didn't know the truth, and Job had been preaching the truth, but they didn't believe it. So here Job, he wasn't praying, Lord, heal, heal these bulls, and Lord this, and Lord that. He prayed for his friends, that they would see the truth about God. And then it said, that's when Job was delivered from all that. And then we hear what I believe, I started to say the purpose, one of the purposes Part of the purposes was the friends and so forth and so on. And, and Job and us. But Job said, I had heard of thee with the ear. Job had preached God. But he said, now mine eye seeth thee. Is that not a blessing? Now I know Job didn't feel like saying when he was there, when he's losing his children and all of his livestock and all of his land and people made fun of him as he walked down the street and all these bulls. I, I know Job, he did say, blessed be the, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. He did say that. I don't know that he thanked him for that valley at that time. He acknowledged it there. But later on, we know that he didn't. Later on, he said, Lord... He said, I wish there was a book written about my life, and I'd go to God, not showing this shouldn't be happening to me. We know Job went through that phase. And then finally, after the Lord talked to him out of the whirlwind, he said, now, Job, there was something you wanted to say to me? You, you wanted this book written about your life, and you was going to show me that this shouldn't be happening to you? Okay, Job, you've got the floor. What now? Job says, I'll put my hand over my mouth. I don't have anything to say. So there was, a time, there was a storm for Job. Did it work together for good? Oh, yes. 
as it does for all the Lord's people. So, uh, wait on the Lord. Look for the Lord in the storms because he's there. And look for the Lord saving you from the storm. Uh, many more scriptures I'm going to go to, but I see we are out of time. But uh, there's a quote, What a blessed storm that drives a soul to the Father. Or what a blessed storm that drives a soul to our Lord to look to Him, as we saw in these examples. And these examples are also for our learning and our admonition. And the things He brings in our life and the lives of our loved ones are the same. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We are dismissed. Unless we wanted to practice that song once.